Okay, how are the rest of you doing? See, you'll fall for the same joke every week if you just said good morning. The answer, oh my gosh, all right. All right, this is, okay. Ah. All right, I was all ready. I've had this microphone on literally for 45 minutes, and now it didn't work. All right. Good morning, good morning. It's good to see everybody. Um, welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. And, okay. Lots going on today. Um, we are so excited, one, to have the choir back. Yay! And the Festival of Brass is with us this morning. So, thank you, thank you. Um, also, if you may not actually realize it, but... Today is, um, it's not really an, I don't know, it's not quite an anniversary. Next Sunday is technically an anniversary, but today makes for like my 52nd Sunday here. So I started work on September 11th of last year and with a board meeting. It's awesome. And I stayed. Thanks for (laughs) keeping me. I know, thanks for keeping me. Um, all right, couple of announcements. Um, what time, what is going on? Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> um, what's happening on September 30th? Worship through outreach. What time are you supposed to be here? 10, 10 a.m., that's right. Um, so. We actually have sign-ups in the Narthex, so there's several projects that you can sign up for, and if you're not, okay, I don't understand. What's happening? Maybe it might be be Sadie. Okay. All right. Maybe it's because of these microphones down here. Yeah. I'm going to turn these off. Oh my God. Oh boy. All right. Um, so September 30th is Worship Through Outreach. It's the fifth Sunday. And in lieu of doing um, a hymn sing, we have listened to y'all and you said that you wanted to do something different. So we have a number of different outreach projects in the community. Some of them are off-site and some of them are here at 7th Street Christian Church. Um, they vary as far as um, ability levels. So there's some that you can just sit down and help write cards. Um, there's others that are a bit more active, like you can go out with Jess and pick up trash in the neighborhood. So lots of different opportunities to give back. Um, and so we encourage everyone to sign up. Um, and that can happen back in the narthex. So sign up today. Um, also a quick announcement about crop walk which is next sunday um crop walk is the church world service um uh event that helps raise money and awareness about food insecurity both in our own community as well as abroad so i'm going to pass it off to judy who's heading it up this year There's two prizes. There's the trophy, which I worked on with my dearest mother, (laughs) who thinks she's not creative, but she took over, and this is all of her stuff. So this one really means a lot. And don't forget, if you want to be acknowledged as the biggest donation giver, you get to hit me in the face with a pie at a church event. (laughs) Yeah, ask Cheryl. She got to do it last year. So the easiest way, um, you can just sign up, um, come see Judy, you can sign up again at the welcome station in the back um, where you can show up next week. Um, There's more information back there, so, um, but just come. You can also, if you can't make it, um, but you want to donate, uh, you can just put money in an envelope and just mark it, you know, for Church World Service Crop Walk. So, um, just a couple of announcements for people in our community for in prayer. Elaine Krause, 
I don't have an official update. Is she back? Because she was hoping to come back on Friday when I talked to her. Okay. Fifth, yeah. Okay. That's great. So Elaine is feeling much better. Um, if you remember, she was up in Northern Virginia visiting her daughter who this past week passed away. Um, uh, but when she went up to visit, um, she fell and broke her, uh, her femur and her hip and had some major surgery and has been stuck up there for, for quite some time. And so she's going to stay up there then and, until healing more and be there for the service. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Billy. Yeah. So she was able to get the medical attention she needed through this. So that's great. Um, also, just keep in continued thoughts and prayers. I mean, of course, everyone on the prayer list, but Alita Cockrell, who um, did lose her husband a couple weeks ago, moved officially to a facility this week. She's doing well, but. You know, that's a big life change, and so let's just want you to be aware of that and um, keep her in our thoughts and prayers. So um, with that said, let us prepare our hearts to worship God.
Let's rise in body and in spirit and join me in the call to worship, followed by our opening hymn. Creating God, we gather this day to worship you and offer you our praise as we begin to see signs of the seasons changing. Through the warmth of the days, may we be reminded of your love for each one of us, your children. In the changing colors of the seasons, may we be reminded of your diversity of your world. As crops ripen and prepare for harvest, may we be reminded of your provision for us day by day. Open our hearts and still our minds to receive your word to us. Please join me in our time of confession. Merciful God, we acknowledge that there are times when we have fallen short of how we would wish to live. We have failed to live as the people you would have us to be. For the times we have forgotten that this world is yours, 
and we have used it without proper regard for our sisters and brothers and the earth itself. For the times we have taken our family and friends for granted, when we have put ourselves first and disregarded their needs, forgive us. For the times we have failed to recognize the gifts of faith, hope, and love, and been too weak and fearful in our discipleship, forgive us. God, whose mercy knows no limits and whose love extends beyond time and space, forgives our failings and, draw, and draws, calls us back. Amen. At peace with God, let us now share the peace of Christ with one another. may be seated. Our first reading today comes from the book of Psalms, number 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is, is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers he upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. 
praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Okay. I don't know what to do. All right. Are you good? Okay. Well. Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. I'll be reading verses 24 through 30, and I invite you to actively listen or to follow along in your pew Bible. From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know that he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter. And Jesus said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it out to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then Jesus said to her, for saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. The word of the Lord. 
a poem by Catherine Hawker. Don't beg, my mother told me. Don't whine, we tell our children. Be polite, the key to civil society. The foreigner approached the rabbi. Her need was great, her daughter ill, her desperation complete. And she begged, she whined, she was impolite. Hope emboldened by need. Shouting, heard, healing. Most stories of Jesus portray him as admirable. He does not operate within stereotypes. He is open. He embraces people who are unlike him, even hostile toward him. He does not try to squeeze them into a mold or demand their conformity to foreign ways for the enjoyment of salvation. He patiently draws them out to see and desire this marvelous gift. He breaks down the barriers that stand between people. He gives living water and the spirit and the blessings and salvation to all. But that is not the Jesus that we encounter in our text today. Today's Jesus encounters a non-Jewish woman, a Syrophoenician, and is strikingly different from that of our safe, happy Jesus image. In this story of the Syrophoenician woman, ethic and gender and socioeconomic and political barriers prevail between her and Jesus. Jesus has no intention of inclusion of Gentile salvation. Not until the end, after Jesus and the disciples have reinforced these barriers and the woman's challenge of these barriers, do they fall through. We all need time to rest, time for ourselves to recuperate, to be alone. We need time to recharge our batteries and not worry about the demands of our job or the world. We want to escape where nobody can really bother us. We want some time and space to ourselves. So we plan a vacation. And maybe it's just a short weekend getaway. Maybe, you know, nothing big, a trip down to the beach or maybe to Charlottesville to hear some music or do some hiking. Just a few moments of peace. An opportunity to escape. Jesus has withdrawn to, into the district of Tyre, and this was predominantly Gentile territory, but he does not seek any mission activity among the Gentiles. He wants privacy. He retires to a house and didn't want anyone to know. Maybe we can assume he's tired from all those healings. Maybe he's exhausted from temple politics. And somewhere between being fully human and fully divine, Jesus hovers closer to the edge of humanity. And he needs and wants some rest. And he wants to be alone, and he has his vacation time all planned out, a nice dinner, some community time with close friends, a good night's rest. And then a disruption occurs. The sweet sounds of vacation broken with inconvenience knocking at the door. Someone wants something of us. And something transpires in our lives and throws our plans off. 
<sighs> and the roll of the eyes and a heavy sigh, and we're like, what, what now? A woman with a sick daughter comes to bow at Jesus' feet. She is a Hellenist of the Syrophoenician race. She is both Gentile by race and Greek by culture. A Hellenized person refers to someone who speaks Greek and is otherwise integrated into Greek culture. Hellenization had had the greatest impact among the upper class, so the designation also suggests the woman's socioeconomic rank. So when this upper class Greek-speaking Gentile woman comes to a Jewish Galilean wandering teacher and healer, two different social worlds collide. From Jesus' standpoint as a Jew by race and a carpenter by trade, the differences would have been sore points as well. The inhabitants of Tyre are described as notorious bitter enemies. There was a history of economic and political oppression of the Jews by the cities of Tyre and Sidon. Jewish farmers produced most of the food for the city dwellers, and the city dwellers brought up and stored so much of the harvest for themselves that during times of crisis, the country folk did not have enough. So when this Syrophoenician Hellenist woman from this region seeks out help from a vacationing Jesus, her mission seems doomed from the start. The equivalent of this could be an upper middle class white American going to a minority or someone that we've oppressed who does our inferior work for us for meager wages in the middle of his or her vacation and saying, I know that I haven't always treated you fairly and I've worked you hard and paid you unfair wages and I know that I've called you names and assumed that you don't belong here and I know I have insulted your people, but please, please help me now. Please. Heal my child. This is a humbling that takes place between racial and economic and political lines from the rich to the poor. And Jesus doesn't get it right away. His pejorative remark is cruel and suggests the limits of salvation, love, and grace of God. Let the children get full first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. It's a crude comment. Why should the rich continue to get their share? Let the poor eat first. You've had your fill for quite some time now. Jesus is on vacation. Jesus doesn't want to think about political and economic injustices between his people and the rich elite, and he sure doesn't want to help them right now. He doesn't want to help anybody. Jesus is in the tunnel vision of vacation, and he wants to get back to it. The tunnel vision of his own agenda, of his own work, and we find Jesus in a place of checking things off his to-do list. So when this woman needs help, her first instinct, his first instinct is to get rid of her. But Jesus is not called to do the work of Jesus. He's called to do the work of God. And I'm sure we can relate to this. I know I can. Too often I find myself in the same place, focused on setting up meetings and balancing my work projects and travel schedule and getting stuff done around the house. 
and I get so busy with my to-do list that I find myself feeling so inconvenienced when somebody comes to me needing help or calls me on the phone because they need a listening ear. And I get so caught up with the work of Holly that I forget I'm called to do the work of God. Or as a community, we get so bogged down with our own perspective, our way of life, desiring to protect our stuff. We think it's a great use of resources to build a 2,000-mile fence between the United States and Mexico. We are paralyzed by the enormity of problems in the world from issues of migration, even beyond our own borders. Remember that picture of the young Syrian boy washed up on the beach? In this year alone, nearly 1,600 people have died or vanished en route to Europe this year including 1,100 while attempting to cross by sea from North Africa. And I don't want to casually negate the complexities of migration and immigration and proper documentation, but so often we get so caught up in the rules and regulations that we begin to demonize others and we stop treating them as human beings. More importantly, we stop treating them as children of God. We are all called to set aside our own personal agendas, to do the work that God calls us to. And sometimes all we need is a wake-up call, someone to snap the fingers of reality. And thank goodness for those people who remind us of the work that God calls us to. The Syrophoenician woman reminds us of God's work that needs to be done, and she is bold and brave, and she reminds Jesus of the same. She is a prophet of religious imagination as she opens the door for us to see and understand God's abundance. There should be no fear that there will not be enough food or love, or grace, or even salvation, that we have a God of abundance, and there is more than enough to go around. And she calls us into accountability. She is able to see God's kingdom and helps us recognize that our God is much larger than we could ever imagine. That we have a God of everyone and all peoples, that there is not a God of the Jews and the Gentiles, just as there is not a God of the whites and the blacks and the Muslims and the Jews. There is a God of all. This woman could have retaliated with the witty, pejorative comment after Jesus calls her a dog. But she knows that the answer to violence is not more violence as she tears apart the old adage, an eye for an eye. And instead she chooses to move forward with reconciliation and forgiveness. In the wake of the growing gap between rich and the poor, and continued racism and religious intolerance, this story is challenging. If this story makes you uncomfortable, your discomfort should go deeper than it portraying Jesus in a moment of imperfection. Your discomfort should stem because we identify with a Syrophoenician woman, privileged and influential and educated and opportunity abounding. And we must face the tension of being the ones in that place who must humble ourselves to those who we claim as different. We must move ourselves to the same place of religious imagination as the Syrophoenician woman. And that's hard because it doesn't fit into our nicely packaged worldview. 
because it doesn't fit our own agenda, because we are the ones who both need the wake-up call and must be the wake-up call. This is not a simple story of a woman who proves her faith to Jesus. This is a confrontational, provocative challenge. Reminding the world that if we want to make claims about God's undeniable love, then we're going to have to be bold. We're going to have to humble ourselves. We're going to have to embody God's grace and love, and we're going to have to practice forgiveness. And we are going to have to put aside our own agendas and do the work of God. Let it be so. I invite us to stand and sing as we are able, our hymn of commitment. We will sing verses 1, 3, and 4 of There's a Wideness in God's Mercy, found on page 73. Let us stand and sing. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we usher in the fall season with all its new beginnings, we give you thanks for the many blessings you bestow on us in this life. We thank you for all the blessings bestowed on 7th Street Christian Church during its long history for the good things its congregations have done in our community and in the world which have been inspired by you. We ask your forgiveness for all of the times we have not measured up to the righteousness to which you call us, both individually and collectively. Our history is long, but good and bad is just that, history. What you, Lord, call us to do is always in the present. To bring to fruition your kingdom on this earth, we will always have your work to do each and every day. This congregation asks for your love and guidance as we endeavor to do your work in this building, but more importantly, in this community and in this world. Lord, make this 7th Street congregation an instrument of your will, both individually and collectively, 
as we strive to do your work to create your kingdom on this earth. We pray, as always, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Let us celebrate our blessings with generosity as we collect the offering for the work and worship of this congregation and the world.
Let us pray. Generous God, you have made rich and poor, powerful and vulnerable alike in your image. Bless the gifts we have gathered today that we may use them to protect the, the, protect the afflicted and bring greater justice to your world. Amen. You may be seated. God in Christ breaks down the walls that make us strangers to ourselves and divide us from one another. We are the body of Christ, and around this table we enact our faith. The body broken is restored to wholeness. Life blood poured out brings healing to our world. Let us prepare our hearts for communion with the singing of our communion hymn, One Bread, One Body, found on page 393.
as we gather around this table, we remember the story that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it and blessed it and gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup and poured it out and gave it to them and said, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins, poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, to be here in your house to worship you and Jesus and to go through this communion service. Thank you, God, for Jesus' sacrifice for us and the world's salvation. God bless this bread, the symbol of Jesus' body, and all who partake so that we can feel your presence in our hearts minds and souls as we travel on the path with you to eternity in the name of your son jesus christ our savior we pray amen our father in heaven we come to your table today giving us an opportunity to reflect on the many blessings that we have received the unending love that you have shown for us and the strength we receive from the faith in you we ask your blessings on this cup that we are about to take. And in doing so, we pray for your presence to be with us all. In Christ's name we pray, amen. cup of love.
Let us pray. We are grateful, God, for the promise in Christ of a new creation. Even as we join with your spirit in recreating our own lives, help us to share in recreating the world around us. Where there is futility, let there be hope. Where there is decay, renewal. We pray this with the same passion and purpose as Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand and, and join our voices in our closing hymn, O Christian's Haste, found on page 482. Receive this benediction. Disciples of our Christian faith, go now in great expectancy, knowing that God can be found in every corner of creation. Go now to love and serve your Lord. Amen. <laughs>